Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome into the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Andrew Ivins, Director of Scouting here at 24-7 Sports. And guys, I am playing host because my good friend, Cooper Patagna, He's in Indianapolis for the NFL Scouting Combine. So pinch hitting and honorary oyster boy Tom Loy, 24-7 sports national analyst. We got a good show planned for you guys here today. We're going to talk quarterbacks. NCAA contact period, excuse me, quiet period opens on Monday. That means prospects can get out on the road. Uh, and we're going to get into all the high profile arms. But before we do that, Tom, want to get into one little thing, and it's a big one. That's what we do normally on this show. ESPN reported early Wednesday morning that the NCAA is going to meet and consider three different signing windows. You would have your traditional February signing day. You would have December's early signing period, which will be moved up to the start of the month instead of right before the holiday. And then the NCAA is talking about having a third signing period in June. I guess that would actually be the first signing period. So it would go one, two, three, June, December, February. Uh, and this is an interesting one. I, I have a ton of thoughts, Tom. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a chance to respond here. But to me, I see some issues with a potential June signing window and, and why. Uh, I think if the NCAA were to have prospects sign before their senior seasons, you're essentially dumping gasoline on the transfer portal and player tampering. Hear me out here, right? As it stands right now, we have guys that play their senior years. Uh, but what happens if we get a ton of opt-outs? What happens if we have a prospect that signs with an American athletic school uh, adds 20 pounds as a senior has 13 sacks. You don't think the SEC, ACC are going to be involved in his direct messages, trying to get him to flip elsewhere. I mentioned the opt outs. I think that is certainly something notable. I get it, Tom. I understand why they want to have that summer signing window, but I think it's only going to lead to more player movement because a lot of these kids that school sign in June aren't going to be the same individual when they show up on campus in January. And now with players able to transfer multiple times and sit out, it's much easier to open the door and push them towards that transfer portal. Yeah. I'm starting to wonder if signing is, is 
if it matters at all. Kind of seems a lot, very pointless. Um, but on the, on paper, I love the idea of a June signing day. Um, you know, kids know where they want to go. They sign. Everyone's happy. Coaches can finish their class. They can focus on football. Um, I'm also not sold that a lot of kids want to sign early. I don't know what the incentive is other than what their spots going to be filled. The majority of guys can wait. Um, but I've heard two different sides on this from two different coaches that I sp- spoke to this morning. Um, just to be clear, they both love the idea of a June signing period. But one thinks May in-home visits are going to result in guys committing, um, locking kids up early. They sign half their class in June, maybe the majority of it, and then they can focus on football. It all sounds great. But the other side, like you mentioned, believes that it's just a longer period of time for tampering to occur. They take their official visits, they sign, um, more tampering occurs, and then they're let out of their NLI anyway, which doesn't seem binding at all anymore, whether it's a head coach leaving an OC, uh, position coach, whatever the case may be, it seems like the the NLI is not being uh, held to. So it all seems pretty pointless, seems irrelevant. Like I said, on paper, love the June signing period. Just not sure it really matters. Well, certainly something to track moving forward. I'm sure we're going to get more news on that front in the coming weeks. Guys, just a reminder, you are watching, you are listening to the College Football Recruiting Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. You can catch us every Tuesday and Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Normally, it's me and Cooper Patagna. Maybe Tom Loy will pinch hit a little bit more. Uh, Tom, I mentioned... We're going to talk quarterbacks, right? Everyone loves the arms. I just did a radio hit in Atlanta, and all they wanted to do was talk about the quarterbacks and the guys at the top of the board. And again, I think this is the perfect time to reset and take a look at some of the names that are committed, who might be looking around, and and maybe some names to know. So let's start at the top of the at the top of the list. Excuse me, Bryce Underwood, number one ranked quarterback, and you're going to see him followed by. A few other guys that have made early decisions. I, you know, a lot to like about this group, Tom. But let's start with Bryce Underwood, number one ranked prospect, committed to LSU back in January. He has started more games than anyone in this class. Forty and two record, 120 touchdown passes. What's the latest buzz right there? I'm assuming he is solid to the Tigers. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When I left Las Vegas, the next one's event, uh, you know, presented by Nike, I was a little on the fence. There, when I talked to Bryce, there was a lot of for now and right now and things like that. Um, but after talking to some people close to him over the last week or so, it seems he's rock solid to LSU. He seems like the only visit he wants to take is to Baton Rouge and check out LSU. So barring a change, barring something completely unexpected, I do think he's going to stick with his decision to go to LSU. They picked LSU for the right reasons. Those right reasons are still there. Um, I'm not sure anything's going to change his mind at this point. You think about LSU, it's the number three ranked recruiting class right now. I think you could make a case in my eyes, it might be my favorite recruiting class. You got him, the Corian Moore, Harlem Berry, Brian Kelly has it cooking right now in Baton Rouge. Moving to quarterback number two, George McIntyre, committed to Tennessee, in-state kid. I'm assuming the Vols are in good shape here for George McIntyre, right, Tom? Oh, yeah. This kid has wanted to be a volunteer for a long time. He is rock solid. Couldn't be more locked in. I know you're really high on him, man. There's a lot to like, as you see on the screen right now. This kid is a big-time talent, big-time arm. It's a massive gift for Josh Heupel, keeping this kid in state. Uh, You know, he kind of made it seem like the volunteers chose him. It's what he was born to do, play quarterback at the University of Tennessee. So big gift for Tennessee. He is 100% locked into the Vols. 
type. Yeah, you mentioned I like him. I, I've been watching these quarterbacks the past two weeks. George McIntyre, you know, only won two games as a junior. You scratch your head a little bit and you dive into the tape and you're like, okay, he is still what I thought he is in terms of what he could be at some point down the line. Talk about a six foot five frame athletic kid. I think his ability to put the ball deep, he might have the best deep ball in the class. And at first glance, he might not think that, but he's got the tools. He can deliver it on pinpoint accuracy. That two, that three ball, it certainly stands out for George McIntyre. And I think he's kind of got some Nico Iamalieva to his game in terms of how dangly he is. He can get out of trouble. Not exactly a run first guy, but he can beat you to the corner. He can move the sticks. All right, Tom, moving to our third quarterback, another guy you saw at the Next Ones event, uh, Super Bowl weekend out in Las Vegas, Tavian St. Clair. He's been a darling behind the scenes at 24-7 Sports, Ohio State commit. Uh, I thought this guy not only took a major step forward between his freshman and sophomore seasons, but a massive leap that sophomore to junior year. What do we need to know about the Buckeyes pledge? He's another one that seems rock solid to the Buckeyes. Uh, he seems completely locked in. Um, yeah, you, you you said it best, man. Major growth from year two to year three. I'm not going to lie. At first, I was a little on the fence about the initial take. I thought Ryan Montgomery was a more polished passer in state. I thought he was the guy that Ohio State was really going to move on. But the more I get around Tavian St. Clair, the more I love both of them. I think they're tremendous talents. But getting to be around Tavian, watching him throw it around in Vegas, I am so excited about this kid. I mean, you and I were texting as soon as the event wrapped up that I just, I think, I know he's super high ranked. He's number 12 overall, but stock up for this kid. Really excited to see what he does this fall. Methodical as a passer. That's what... I wrote down uh, in my notes and I, you know, he's got the arm talent where he can pump reset uh, and distribute. And then that frame, you know, six foot three, 200 pounds. You said he looks like a linebacker out there. I'm fired up. Hopefully we get to see him at the elite 11 finals or one of these camps moving forward. Tom, another favorite for the oyster boys uh, and really everyone at 24 seven sports. Remember we got a rankings update coming up here uh, in the near future, but Keon Russell SMU commit out of Duncanville, Texas. This is DeCorian Moore, our number one ranked wide receiver, uh, his quarterback. And this is another guy that has won a lot of games, committed to Rhett Lashley uh, and De'Ara King, the former Miami signal caller who's now on staff there in Dallas. Florida's lingering. Who else, Tom? Yeah, there's there's a lot of schools pushing, and one one that I'm really watching that intrigued me when when Russell and I spoke earlier this week, he mentioned that Texas has been reaching out and communicating with him, which normally I'm like, that's that's awesome, you know, he's a big time talent in state. They have KJ Lacey committed, so that's kind of intriguing. I don't know if Texas's plan is to take two quarterbacks. I'm not sure Lacey would love that. I'm not sure Keelan Russell would choose to go play for Texas if that was the case. But it's just something to monitor. That one really caught me off guard. If they decide to offer, it's going to make me question a little bit about where things stand with KJ Lacey and what's going to move, happen moving forward. Uh, Florida, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, very much involved. Baylor, Houston, UCLA, and Cal. Um, at this point, if SMU holds on to his commitment, massive win for that coaching staff. It's just really tough to see it happening because there's so many heavy hitters uh, pushing for him, and, and there's so much to like about this kid. Stock up. Um, you were the first one to really, I mean, from between us at B Battle Miami, and a lot of guys were there, but, man, you were raving about this kid. And the more I watch, the more I like Keelan Russell's big-time talent. <laughs> right, Lashley, man, I, I mentioned him there at SMU. Remember the – 
Uh, Mustangs are, are moving to the ACC. You think about the quarterbacks that Rhett Lashley has worked in the past. I said De'Ara King, you know, Preston Stone. We saw what he was able to do last year for SMU. It's an exciting offense. And SMU, man, they are aligned as anyone. Uh, well, I would say at the group of five level. But again, they're moving into the ACC just with their collective and what's going on. So I would not rule SMU out here. Tom, another guy that is a dual threat talent. We've kind of had all the all of them are guys that are athletic and move around. But Deuce Knight, the lefty out of Mississippi, longtime Notre Dame committed. You came on this show, I think, a week ago, tossed out that hour or shared with us that Alabama has been involved in the recruitment. Anything new with Deuce Knight? I believe he's scheduled to be in South Bend here in the near future. Yeah, he's got the only trips he has locked in right now are trips to South Bend to check out Notre Dame, to hang out with head coach Marcus Freeman, Gino Guduli and the guys. So he'll be there in March. Um, he'll be there again in April for the spring game. So he's got multiple visits lined up to check out Notre Dame. So all well there, except, again, he's still talking to Alabama. He's still talking to Ole Miss. Alabama, in my opinion, still looks like the biggest threat to potentially land him um, outside of, obviously, Notre Dame. So keep an eye on the visit. If he visits... I think Notre Dame fans need to be, you know, on edge, kind of freaking out. I'm not going to lie. Um, the alarms need to be going off. But again, until he locks one in, until he tells me, hey, Tom, I'm visiting Alabama, you can report it. Um, I think all is well right now for Notre Dame. But again, just be patient. I, I will say one other thing. Deuce Knight and I were talking recently, and he was talking about a little bit how frustrated he was in Atlanta at the Under Armour camp. He was a little frustrated with his own performance. And he did a lot of things that he's not used to. But I will share, he actually started recently working with QB Country's David Morris. Um, and then obviously in Nashville is Thomas Morris, his brother. There's a potential for them to be working there. These are two guys that I really, really respect from a quarterback uh, evaluation and process and, and just as quarterback coaches. So the fact that they're working with Deuce Knight, it's a big plus for Notre Dame moving forward because this guy's only going to get better. He's only going to be cleaned up get everything a little tighter. So he's finally working with a respected national quarterback coach that's going to take that talent to the next level. So really excited about that, really excited about his future. I think he might be the most athletic of the bunch, and the, and the testing numbers back that up, right? 4-5 uh, in the 40-yard dash. Uh, he's got a short shuttle time, and then the jumps, 40-inch vert uh, on file. Uh, just needs to keep improving as a passer. Excited to see obviously his senior season and, and more of him on the camp circuit. One more committed arm that we're going to talk about here in, in this six standouts category, Julian Lewis, Juju, the reclassification moved up years. He's going to miss his senior year at Carrollton high school. But Tom, after digging into his tape, you know, watching him at under armor Atlanta, I don't have questions about him being ready to go at the next level. Long time commit to USC, but a ton of other schools involved, and, and they are wide-ranging. Indiana, Colorado, Alabama, Georgia, who else? Yeah, people took my comment about Indiana like I was saying he was going to flip from USC to Indiana, which was not the case. I was simply saying Indiana was involved. They got him on campus. The visit went really well. He's got a great relationship with Tino Sinceri. They're going to be involved moving forward. Do I think he's going to land there? No, I absolutely don't. But I also don't think he's going to end up sticking with his commitment to USC. I think there's just other heavy hitters involved here. Um, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Colorado. Um, 
to be honest, I, I still like George as the biggest threat here. Alabama really likes him and Deuce Knight. Those are probably the two top priorities there. I really do believe Deuce Knight is Alabama's number one option, and Juju's right there. Maybe a 1A, 1B situation. Um, but I really do think that if, if you know, signing day was today, if I had to make one final crystal ball, I'd probably throw it in on Georgia to land Juju Lewis. I, I just think that they're they're going to be really tough to beat moving forward, but there's some heavy hitters still involved. USC is going to do everything they can to keep them in the class, but that's going to be an, an interesting recruitment to track moving forward. Oh, potential crystal ball. I was talking with someone in Athens over the weekend, and they said Julian Lewis, when he worked out for the Dogs this past summer, that's how it's supposed to look in terms of his ability to distribute the football. I wrote on his scouting report, which is on 24-7 Sports now, de facto point guard back there. I, he is one of the best pure passers we have seen in recent cycles. A bit on the smaller side, uh, but he's kind of got that it to him. Um, some Houdini-like magic as he gets out of trouble and always keeping those eyes downfield. Hey, guys, just a reminder, you are listening or watching the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Podcast next Wednesday. I teased it. We have a new top 247 coming out for the class of 2025, and that is going to include 16 five-star prospects. We already have six named, and we're going to get to 16, half of 32. I'm calling it our sweet 16. So next Wednesday, make sure to tune in. 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 Central, to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. And we're going to roll out some more five stars, me and the scouting department at 24-7 Sports. I've been working hard at that over the past few weeks. I have not slept much, um, but we're still powering through it. It was a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Tom, we talked about the committed arms, a lot of uncommitted quarterbacks out there. I want to start with Hassan Longstreet. Me and Cooper broke him down, and really a lot of these guys, uh, earlier in the week. But Hassan Longstreet, our number five quarterback, I'm fascinated to see just kind of where this kid ends up. Saw him in the playoffs against St. John Bosco. That's the game I watched, and the thing that stands out to me he just gets the job done. Third and long, conversion. Fourth and short, conversion. He finds ways. And then when you're around him, you saw it at Battle Miami. He's got one of the livest arms in the class. I know Texas A&M's involved there. Tell me some others that have a chance with Mr. Longstreet. Auburn, UCLA, Ole Miss, all big players here in addition to Texas A&M. But 
I've been talking about the Aggies since day one, my appearance on this show over the last month or two, and I really do think that in the end, Texas A&M is just going to be really tough to beat. Father used to work in College Station. They're familiar with the area. They really like Mike Elko and the staff that he has in College Station. Greg Biggins, our national reporter, recently reported that uh, he's got unofficials lined up to see Auburn and Texas A&M in March. I still expect a decision to come before the start of his senior season, but all signs point towards Texas A&M at least setting the bar in this recruitment. I said Auburn's going to be a player as well. There's a few others, but man, if, if uh, A&M can get this one done, which I really think they can, uh, it's going to be a big win for Mike Elko. Mike Elko, the, the quarterback whisperer. He had Grayson Loftus making plays as a true freshman last year in Durham. Excited to see what's going to happen this year with him. Auburn is the one that intrigues me with Longstreet, right? Bring in Walker White this past cycle, a big riser for us, uh, who was made plays in the All-American Bowl. We know the wide receivers they have there, Cam Coleman, Perry Thompson. Um, they're improving that offense. And, and you look at the 2025 class, I think what stands out about that group for Auburn is the two tight ends that got committed. Tom, I know you're a big fan of Hollis Davidson, uh, Ryan Gaya. Uh, Auburn with with Husan. I, I hope we hear a little bit more of that moving forward. Let's talk about another quarterback that Texas A&M is in on, and another guy that's I don't, he's becoming a regular in this space on this show. Antoine Hill out of Houston County, there in Georgia, former Colorado commit, was committed to Coach Prime, uh, but he has hit reset, has an official visit lined up to Duke and Texas A&M. Tom, what do we need to know here? Yeah, shout out to Anna Adams, our new national reporter, reporting that A&M and Duke are going to host him. Both are big, big contenders for the former Colorado commit. Florida is definitely in play as well. I still think there's going to be a few schools that jump in late and try to make a run at him. I'm not sure it's going to matter or not, um, but we'll see what happens there. Hill impressed me at Battle Miami. I really liked what he did. Big arm, big live arm, big physical presence. I mean, most most guys standing next to me are, but he's he's on another level. There's a lot to like about Hill, top 100 talent. But, but right now, I mean, it's a familiar thing. We're talking about Mike Elko and his staff at Texas A&M. They're very much involved here. I love the fit at Duke. Duke under Manny Diaz and, and the gang there. So we'll see what happens. I'm not ready to crystal ball anybody at this point. He's got a couple visits left to take, but whoever gets him is going to be getting a nice addition in hell. Yeah, Antoine Hill's like twice your size. My, my favorite from the Battle Miami favorite moment is unnamed recruiting reporter was like, hey, who is that? I'm like, oh, it's Antoine Hill. And they're like, oh, I love that kid on tape. I'm like, how did you not know that the six foot five uh, monster of a human was not Antoine Hill. So that that sticks with me. Uh, and and I, I would agree. You know, he was at the Under Armour Atlanta camp rocking the Georgia Tech towel. You think about Brent Key, the Yellow Jackets. I, I don't know. I, I can see them making a run. And I, I think they could have a good season in 2024, which could help them on the recruiting front. All right, Tom, uh, another guy that I'm a fan of, I don't think he's been discussed much, Matt Zoller's out of Pennsylvania, moved into our top 247 back in November. I said that rankings release is coming up. He is sliding up the board. Live arm, dynamic athlete. I don't think you would think that at first glance, but man, this guy, he is a threat with his legs, powers through people, uh, gets around people, but he can also air it out. Had a 60-yard toss. I, I, I tracked it in the playoffs. He's got a top four, right? Georgia, Pittsburgh. Who else am I missing in there, Tom? Penn State and Missouri. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of lot of 
it's like for all four of these schools. They all feel confident, optimistic, you know. He's going to take four visits in March. That's the plan. He told me uh, Wednesday morning that he wants to see all four schools before he makes a decision. Uh, commitment is coming in the near future. Nothing is completely set. The visit dates aren't even set at this point, but he does want to see all four schools before making a decision. I'm kind of watching Georgia and Penn State the, the closest at this point. I think they're the ones with the most buzz and the most optimism, optimism at least the ones that I've been talking to. Again, not ready to crystal ball anybody. I was kind of leaning towards Georgia, but again, I'm not sure where they stand. Uh, if they really want to commit to Matt Zollers, or they want to wait and see what Juju Smith wants to, Juju Lewis wants to do. Um, it's just kind of, uh, it's it's a, a waiting game for Georgia. I'm curious to see how they play, how this plays out for them, because I really do believe if they really go all in, I think they can get Zollers done. But are they ready to? So, um, I mean, let me let me fire a question at you, Ivans. If you had a choice choice between Juju and, and Zollers at this point, you know, would you would you kind of go one way or the other? I'd lock up Zollers and I'd let that Julian Lewis recruitment play out. That's that's what I would do. And what's also interesting about Penn State being involved, they already have a 2025 committed and, and Beckham Kritza, who actually gave a commitment right after James Franklin announced that he was changing offensive coordinators. I always thought that was odd at the time that he didn't have his play caller in place and, and they took a signal caller. No, I, I think Matt Zollers is the real deal. I, I I would be all in on this guy. He would be my quarterback. But if you're Georgia, I, you know, you, you can run that race if you want to. Uh, I just think the Julian Lewis recruitment, you know, we're, we're only halfway through the book there, right? And there were some opening chapters. We had the reclassification. Uh, I think that one's got a ways to go. Would you not agree? Oh, without question. That one, I, I actually completely agree with you. Well, I think Lewis would be a massive win. And I think right now he's probably the guy that I would take um, in terms of if I had my choice between both of them. But I think you got to wrap up Zollers as quickly as possible and let the rest of the chips fall where they go. And you, like you mentioned with Penn State, they already have a commitment in Beckham Kritza, who's now transferring back to Miami Central. I mean, his recruitment, and there's a lot to like there. I feel like people were kind of sleeping on him that kid is long. He, he's athletic. He's got great arm talent. So that could be another guy. If things don't work out at Penn State, if he doesn't, if he sees the writing on the wall, maybe I'm not going to be the guy in state college. Um, there's going to be a lot of schools going after him. So that'll be another recruitment to watch. Kritza is the nomad of the 2025 cycle. Played his freshman season, Colorado. Sophomore year was in California. Then he transferred for his junior season to Miami then back to Colorado, and now he's back in Miami. I want his frequent flyer, Miles. Uh, Tom, here's a name that I don't see much out there on TJ Latif, another West Coast signal caller. You want to talk about arms, right? So I, I think best live arm I've seen, Hussan Longstreet. TJ Latif is not far behind him. He can get it done in, in terms of attacking all three levels. I was very, very close to putting in a 24-7 sports crystal ball for Latif to Nebraska today. He's got the official visit set for April 26th. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hold off because I'm just not 100% sure. What I am sure of is the fact that Nebraska leads, and that came directly from him. If I can share a quote, uh, he told me yesterday, to be honest, I just feel like they keep in contact a lot. And he's talking about Nebraska. All of the coaches connect with me once a day. That's the reason why they have an edge. It's about how they communicate. They're sending me updates. They showed me their dunk contest. They showed me a lot of love. 
So clearly, Matt Rule, Marcus Satterfield, Glenn Thomas, they're all doing a great job. They are separating from the pack. The only visit he's got lined up is a trip to, to Lincoln in April. Um, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. I feel like we talked about Texas A&M with every quarterback so far. Um, those are the other heavy hitters involved here. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. There's probably going to be many others that jump in, especially if he takes his time with this process. But if he did, made a decision today, if he had to shut it down, if there was a June signing period um, in the next couple of months, I do feel confident that Nebraska would get a signature. It seems like he's the guy that's in like the second category for a lot of schools, right? You know, maybe some quarterbacks ahead of them. You know, we'll see which way those chips fall. But you're right. I could see a lot of schools like an Ole Miss or, you know, other programs jumping in and pivoting to him. And, you know, TJ Latif might not be the most physically gifted of quarterbacks, but I do think he has the arm to, to distribute. And let's say Nebraska is the pick. I kind of love that for Matt Rule. Dylan Riola, Daniel Kalen last cycle. Now you're bringing another guy who understands what was brought in ahead of him. And he's got some tools to potentially win on Saturdays. And it's not going to be easy to sign a quarterback after you take a high-profile five-star that is a legacy recruit that is more than likely probably going to start at some point as a freshman not an easy situation. And I, I love that Matt Rule and his staff are still thinking, all right, we're not going to go in the transfer portal. We're going to continue to bring in a high school arm every year. Uh, TJ Latif, I would like that fit for a variety of different reasons there uh, in LinkedIn, uh, Trade City, Nebraska. A uh, couple more, Tom. Ryan Montgomery, his recruitment, I feel like, it's got some heavy hitters in it. And you look up there, ranked number 173 overall. I turned on the game tape and I was like, okay, I get it now. I think this guy is a high IQ football player. He can go through his progressions, you know, has an excellent accuracy, doesn't make a ton of mistakes. To me, Billy Napier type of quarterback, you think about what he was able to do with Graham Mertz. And I know they bring in DJ Lagway, who's this polarizing talent. But I think Ryan Montgomery has a chance to win in the SEC. I know those two are involved. Who else? First of all, I love, love Ryan Montgomery. I think he throws one of the best footballs in the entire class. Um, there's a reason that so many schools are pushing for him. But South Carolina, Florida, those are really the two schools to watch. Georgia is in, is involved. Um, the one I'm watching that I'm just waiting to see if they jump in is, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. I know that the staff recently spoke with Montgomery. Um, they talked as recent as last week. I think they're kind of waiting to see if they can uh, watch him throw this offseason before he uh, – makes a decision. So we'll see if Alabama takes a trip out to Ohio to watch him again, at least the new staff. That's probably the only thing they're waiting on to really go all in and, and offer and make a push for him. So if they do, if it happens sooner rather than later, um, Alabama is going to be a major threat to land in. But right now, South Carolina, Florida, he's going to take trips to see both. Um, I don't see him shutting it down in the next few weeks. I think he's going to take a little bit of time, see where the chips fall, but he will absolutely make a decision before the start of his senior season. He wants to recruit for the school he's committed to. Um, big fan of Ryan Montgomery, man. I'm excited about this guy. Well, there's like two things uh, that I keep coming back to in my head with Ryan Montgomery. He's actually one of the younger quarterbacks we've come across so far uh, in the 2024 cycle. On, on our next-gen software, you have those 
uh, age indicators, right? You punch in the birthday, a lot of red numbers. He's one of the few green numbers, which is which is rare to see for the quarterback position. Like a, a lot of guys, you know, take an extra developmental year, uh, but he's on the younger side. The second thing is Under Armour's future 50 at camp this past summer. He won the accuracy challenge, uh, and I thought he was actually the best in that seven-on-seven portion. And all right, what does that mean? Well, these other quarterbacks were afraid to throw it deep. Ryan Montgomery was like, nope, I'm going to take my shots. These aren't my receivers. You know, these DBs out here, you got Dijon Lee and, uh, you know, a bunch of 6'2 corners that can pick everything off. He was a bit fearless in that type of setting, and I I keep going back to that uh, in my head. Final one, Tom. We talked about him this morning. Malik Washington out of the Baltimore area. Archbishop Spalding has won back-to-back conference titles. Tom, I kind of love this kid, right? I I did not know a ton about him coming into the study process. He is one of the most dynamic athletes when it comes to the quarterback position here in the 2025 cycle, but he doesn't want to beat you with his legs. He wants to stay on schedule in the pocket, and then you get into the Elite 11 workout footage He's got some pop, man. A little unconventional with the release. A lot of sidearm. He'll utilize some different arm angles. But, man, he gets it from point A to point B in a hurry. And then when he wants to run, you'll see it here, uh, he's moving the chains. He's got that speed. I'm a fan of Malik Washington, and I'm gonna, I, I'm interested to hear who's involved in that recruitment. Yeah, I was watching a little of it when you, when you put him on my radar this morning. I watched a little basketball clip. I was impressed. And then you sent me the dunk during like a dunk contest. And I was like, all right, this guy's he's got it. He's got it. So um, set an official visit for Virginia Tech. That's the only trip he's got on the books. He'll be there uh, in Blacksburg on April 12th. So keep an eye on the Hokies. Maybe they can get an early commitment out of him. Out of him. He mentioned Maryland, Penn State, Syracuse, UCLA, and once again, Texas A&M. All recruiting him the hardest at this point. He's going to make a decision before his senior season. Um, what I what I liked most about this kid is that he said he's comfortable with this process. I asked him about other schools, like who is he? You know, if you were to just you know have a bunch of schools in front of you, who would you say you want an offer from? And he didn't list anybody. He didn't say anybody because he's comfortable with this process. He's not looking just to add offers. He's all about relationships, and these schools are doing a great job. But right now, seems like uh, Virginia Tech is setting the bar. We'll see where else he locks in over the next couple of months regarding his official visits. Yeah, man, he was in the uh, dunk contest of of some big high school basketball tournament, made it to the finals, I think, with a, a windmill. I, one of my buddies is an expert on dunks. I, I've sent him the video, and I'm like, how do I describe what this is? He's a candidate. He's on the freaks list, watch list. Uh, but no, I you know, mentioned it with uh, TJ Latif in terms of a guy schools could pivot to. I think that could happen with Malik Washington because the the tape and the spray chart, they stand out to me. And again, dual threat, dynamic type of athlete. Tom, this was fun, man. How many quarterbacks did we just hit on? I think Baker's dozen, 13 of them. Just about, and it felt good, man. I love talking quarterbacks. It's kind of what gets the clicks. It's what gets the needle, a bunch of needle movers. I'm fired up for the Elite 11. I was super excited about Julian saying last year um, going into that. And uh, and I, I just, I, I mean, I kind of want to put my name out there and put Ryan Montgomery as a potential candidate to win the whole thing. Um, I think he would light it up during the Pro Day competition. So fired up about that event, man. This This class has a lot of good arms. Uh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to do Elite 11 MVP odds. I'm putting that together. We will have that 
before we get to Los Angeles in June. I love that. It's, it'll be like NFL MVP odds, and we're going to do it based on the Elite 11 staff, so no one can kind of skew you know, who, who wins out here. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot before we get out of here. Producers in the ear. Out of all those uncommitted quarterbacks, Hussan Longstreet, Antoine Hill, Matt Zollers, TJ Latif, Ryan Montgomery, Malik Washington, which one is the next one to come off the board? Probably Zollers. I, I think he's the closest. I think he's going to make a decision in March, maybe early April. I think he wants to take those visits and then really wrap it up at that point. Like I said, he he's a lot like Malik where he's not looking for offers. Um, he actually told me that nobody else has been reaching out. He made it very clear that these are his final four. He's not talking to any other schools. Like I had mentioned at Irish Illustrated, our Notre Dame site, that if Deuce Knight were to leave, he'd be a guy that, that Notre Dame reached out to. And it's it seems at this point, it doesn't really matter. I think that, um, and funny, we mentioned TJ Latif. He was the other one I listed as a guy that Notre Dame would reach out to if Deuce Knight leaves the class. So at this point, I think they'd have a better shot at Latif because he seems more open to other offers. But Zoller seems ready to shut it down, make a decision and move forward. So again, whether it's Penn State, Georgia, one of the others, um, really good get. I know you're super high on him. I was texting with him this morning and where I went to school, where I finished high school in the Philadelphia area, the fact in high school, uh, he said that he played him. So I would assume that as long as things are the same as when I went to high school, Zoller's is beating up on those guys pretty regularly. So great kid, excited for his future. Oh, you can punch it on the hardwood as well. And if Zoller's is it, we're gonna have to get you back on for another show because I think it would change things either at Georgia or at Penn State. And remember, they got their quarterback committed in terms of even more movement with this quarterback shuffling. Guys, we appreciate you joining the show, the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show. I think that's the first time I got it right. Again, Cooper Patagna, he is out. He's mingling with NFL coaches, NFL agents there at Indianapolis. Big week coming up for me. Thursday night, I'll be at IMG Academy for their annual pro day. And then Sunday, Under Armour Camp in Miami. Tom, I don't know if you got any events, but you are always working. Uh, what, anything coming up this weekend or no? Uh, nothing this weekend. I got Battle New Orleans next weekend. Super excited to be joining my guy, our guy, Mike Roach, down down in Louisiana. So that'll be a lot of fun. And then we got Battle Houston after that. A lot of busy weeks coming. So uh, definitely want to stay locked to 24-7 sports. Again, guys, the 24-7 Sports College Football Recruiting Show. You can find us every Tuesday and Wednesday, 5 Eastern on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Remember, next Wednesday, special rankings release show. We'll talk to you guys next time later.